We're in the fourth uh, week of our Advent series uh, and I get to uh, share on the topic of love. Love has come, love is coming. And so just thinking back, I've I've actually, um, I love that we've got the messages all recorded now. You can go back on YouTube and watch them. If you haven't seen them, I've gone back and watched them and I can recommend them. They're really awesome. Um, Jonathan Helen did a great job teaching on hope and just linking the importance of faith with hope that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. And then the young adults did a really great session on peace. I really enjoyed uh, their team teaching that they did on that and just the the, um, incredible way that Jesus brings us a supernatural peace into our lives. And then last week, Tavia, wasn't she awesome? For those of you who saw her last week, she is just an awesome amazing school teacher and that just shines out of her as she just brought this great teaching on joy and the now and the not yet experience um, of um, how much more there is to come of the joy that the Father has for us and the invitation is for everybody from Jesus that we all get invited to the party. And I just really enjoyed just the different perspectives and revelation um, that each person brought during that Advent series. So today we're going to be talking about love. Let me see when that is. So we can go to the next slide. Thanks, Eli. So during Advent, we're not just remembering the arrival of God in human form. We're also anticipating. We're looking forward to something that is both here and yet coming. Jesus with us and Jesus coming again. And celebrating these things, hope, peace, joy and love, they're not just a one-time event that we do every year, but they're a steady provision over our lifetime of the power of the Holy Spirit and out of the depths of our relationship with Jesus. When I read the Bible, this is just this past year, it has just come alive to me in ways that has surprised me, but it shouldn't. It's a living book. It's full of love. In fact, the entire book is the story of God pursuing us out of his great love for us having us know him, know and experience that love and that his hope is that we would return that love to him, not just in love but in devotion of our whole lives. And it's his magnificent pursuit of us as his people, a glorious love story that our hearts would be captured And it's compelling and quite huge to think that the creator, the God of the entire universe, loves each of us. That he chooses to pour his perfect love. There is no other love like it on earth. His perfect love upon us. No one misses out. And so at Advent, we're celebrating the gift of love coming to us. The gift of our king 
in the form of a newborn baby. Love has come, love is coming. Emmanuel, God with us. Next slide, Eli. So there's so many scripture verses on love and it was really hard to um, pick one because they're all so amazing. But let's start with this one. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's purpose and heart for us is to be in relationship with him for eternity, not just uh, in our own lifetimes, but for eternity. And he sent Jesus to cover the gap that exists between us and God. And Jesus didn't come as a judge to punish us, but as a rescuer to save us. He brought love to us in flesh and blood, in the form of a baby, that grew up to be a man. And I love how in the book of Luke, how he describes the good news of love coming in the form of a baby. And he describes it as the glory of the Lord shining around the angels when they announced the good news to the shepherd of a saviour coming. God was so pleased to put his brilliance on display at this news that love was coming. The excitement of a father whose son is about to be born. The dawning of a reality that the world is going to be changed forever in the act of a little baby, being born in very humble circumstances. Love has come, love is coming. And at the same time, we read the story of Mary and how in which the circumstances of Jesus being conceived. And we see and read that the Holy Spirit is ever present and always working. And also in Luke's account, the story of Mary where she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit that brought life and light out of darkness in Genesis 1 is generating life inside Mary's womb. Next slide, Eli. Oh, yeah, good. That's down that one. Thank you. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, when you know the story of Elizabeth being pregnant with John the Baptist at the same time Mary was. And Mary goes to visit her. And before she's even stepped in the room, Elizabeth could tell by the power of the Holy Spirit what was happening. And she yelled in the power of the Holy Spirit, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Before Mary even had a chance to tell her that, you know, she happened to have a baby going on. And Mary, as Jesus' mother, had already experienced the Father's love in her life, which enabled her to say yes. I mean, just picture that, an angel coming to you and telling you what's going to happen She already had this deep connection with her father and she already knew God's love. 
And it was his plan to surprise the world with the coming of Christ through her. And so it's the power of God's love that Mary had experienced and her love for God that brought her into the biggest story ever. The changing of the world, a new kingdom being released and the world being turned upside down by a baby. And all heaven is put on display for the the Magi with the star that guides them to the way to the humble king that's born in a feeding trough in a smelly stable. God is putting on his glory. And I got, when as I was writing this, I got quite swept up in that moment of the excitement of God and the Holy Spirit that the world was about to change and we didn't, we didn't know it. We're clueless, but they know, they know. And I got swept up in their joy and their hope of what Jesus was going to do for the world, the grand entry of Jesus that God would see his children no, live, no longer living under law, but we now come under grace through the birth of a baby. That God's love came in person rather than being a theory. Google couldn't tell me accurately how many verses were in the Bible on love, but, you know, at a rough guess, there's probably more than 500 that talk about God's love, or people, their stories in the Old Testament of experiencing God's love for themselves. So I think it's a pretty important theme and message that God really wants us to get. He doesn't just want us to know about it. He wants us to experience it and live it out in our lives. And, you know, it's something that we will spend our lives doing When we truly know we're loved, we're unstoppable. And God's power and authority just shines out of us when we know who we belong to. So Paul writes in Romans 8, 38 to 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus our Lord. So Paul's really emphasising the point that God's love is Jesus. Did you hear that? Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing we do, nothing we don't do. Nothing that has been done to us. I find that incredibly comforting and life-giving and life-changing. The kind of love that God offers in Jesus shapes our identities. It forms us, it brings us health and wholeness. And what I love about it is God puts us all on the equal playing field, that no one is above another. He doesn't discriminate. He loves all of humanity equally. I love this very simple explanation in a really great children's book. Um, If you ever... 
I find sometimes the wisdom in children's books are profound. And this one, I think Alyssa recommended this one, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. They're little devotions for children that parents can read to them, but it's incredibly profound. Sometimes the simple is the most profound. So I read this in it um, the other day. Thank you. Nothing is impossible for God. God can do anything. He can calm a storm, stop the sun, and make a pathway through the sea. Is there anything God can't do? Yes, there is. Just one thing, he can't ever stop loving you. C.S. Lewis says, Though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Jesus loves us just as we are, not as we should be. The hugeness of that reality of his love leads us to the ultimate gift of love of Jesus in the smallest of packages, a little baby. There's something very special and precious about newborns. Even if you're not a parent in this room, there's a stirring that goes on when you just see the face of a newborn baby, the promise of that new life, the, the, um, the innocence, the vulnerability that is in the eyes of a baby. And it's a deep stirring in us, especially if you're a parent, when you see your child. The moment you look into their eyes and you're captured, you're in love. There's no other word to explain it. And this is a glimpse into how the Father feels about you and me. In fact, how he feels about the whole world. His heart is warm and overflowing towards us. Our need for love is met in the eyes of a baby. When we look upon Jesus at Christmas as a baby... But we'll spend our lifetime learning to receive that amazing grace-filled love that is offered by God. And when we accept Jesus as our saviour, he wants to introduce us to his father so that we find the love we're looking for. And Jesus continues to reveal his loving father to us. The Greek word for love the love that we experience from God, you probably all know, is agape. And I watched a um, Bible Project video on it and it was quite fascinating to uh, hear them explain the background of that word. Um, you know, Jesus spoke the language of the day, which was Aramaic and a form of Hebrew, and then the um, translation got moved into Greek and the Bible Project says that actually the word agape didn't have a definition and that the Greeks looked to the character of Jesus to define that word. So I thought that was quite fascinating that the culture of the day couldn't explain it but they looked to Jesus and he defined the word agape meaning love in the Greek. 
And it's this kind of love. There are many kinds of love, which we won't talk on today. Um, it's very hard to narrow this topic down to 30 minutes. But we're going to just talk on the love that exists that God gives us and that, that Christ fulfilled in coming to earth. But we see that love, that agape love, also in the relationship between God and Jesus. This deep affection abiding towards each other. And this is what is offered to us. Deep love. Jesus' life in ministry was empowered by the love of his Father and through that precious relationship they share. And the Bible gives us just very small glimpses of that. Firstly, at Jesus' baptism, when a voice from above proclaimed, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Agape love. Jesus could go through all that he did because in his baptism he experienced the love of his father in a way that gave him the heart to walk the long road to the cross. So what does this mean for you and me as followers for Jesus and even for those people who are yet to meet Jesus? What does this great love mean? Next slide, Eli. First of all, it gives us security. It gives us identity. It's we know who we belong to. If we don't have family, it puts us in family. We don't need to do anything for God's love unlike what probably most of us have experienced here on earth. Often we encounter that you might have to work for it. But for God's love, we don't need to do a thing. But as we receive it and encounter it, what happens? We begin to open our hearts and turn our affections towards God through loving him and loving his son. As we do this, we're changed. The more we love and the more we worship, the more we're changed into the likeness of the Son. Love changes us. That perfect love. And so we're empowered by the Father's love just as Jesus was. And when Jesus said, you're going to do even greater things than me, it's in that place where we know the Father's love for us it's from, it's from that sort of springboard that we spring from. When we know how loved we are, it empowers us and we can do just as great a things as Jesus, if not more. And we begin to love others like Jesus. So receiving God's love and loving him in return is one part of the experience when we choose to accept Jesus. And we are called to put that love on display. So in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, Jesus spoke of the greatest commandment when he was asked what that is. And he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
Over and over in Scripture, it commands us to love one another. And Jesus modelled this perfectly. And he followed the Father's heart in this, in his demonstration and love and bringing the Father's kingdom on earth. It's a beautiful partnership that's also on offer to us. Okay, so next slide, be great. Yeah, okay, so I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. You'll all be super familiar with this verse. It's used a lot, particularly in weddings, but I want to read it a different way. And I've replaced the word love with Jesus because that's the reality. So let's read this together. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. He is not proud. Jesus does not dishonour others. Jesus is not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. And I was just struck by the reality of that, that love equals Jesus. That's who he is. He spent his life in the service of others helping and serving the forgotten ones. He sought the well-being of others without expecting anything in return. This is when he put love on display. We can do the same. Let God love you this Christmas in new ways. How do we love others? Put on that love. Receive it to the deepest part of your being. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live our lives the way Jesus lived. We're not on our own doing this. We often feel like a failure at it, but it isn't the way God wants you to feel, and it isn't the way he looks at you. When we're empty, we can invite him to fill us, And Jesus modelled this throughout his whole time on earth, that he constantly drew away to be filled by the Father to continue to do his work. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. And it's out of that wellspring we can overflow. Sometimes it'll be intentional on your part and you'll make a decision to do that and love well. But often it'll just be the overflow of Jesus out of your lives and you won't even know you're doing it. I experienced it this morning just by someone uh, leaning over and giving me just the kindest word that it nearly undid me because I could feel the love behind it. You will never regret loving people well. 
keep short accounts to be able to love. Keep asking the Lord to show you his heart for those around you. And he will lead you. He will show you how to love well. Love has come. Love is coming. So I thought we might end with just praying together and asking God's love to come and touch you again this Christmas, this Advent. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to fully experience again the power of God's love just for you, not for any other reason except that he wants to love you. Um, yeah, so why don't we pray? Okay. Why don't you stand? Join me in standing. I know it's hot, but the act of standing will help us stay a little bit focused. <laughs> mm. Father, we thank you We thank you that you came to earth. You brought your love in its fullness through Jesus for us. And in this very day, Lord, when the world feels incredibly uncertain and we've had a very extremely interesting year to say the least, Lord, it's your love that anchors us. It's your love that fills us. It's your love that can stabilise us. It's your love that can heal us. And it's your love that drives out fear. So Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We welcome your stirring of our hearts. We welcome the revelation of the Father's love again. For each of us. For not as we should be, but who we are. So Lord, release the Father's love in this place right now. And Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus That when the world um, is messy and confuses us on what love looks like, what it should look like, what is being offered to us doesn't feel like love, we can look to you, Jesus. That it's not a feeling, it's a person. That love is a person. And it's your love that we can trust and Father, out of that foundation of knowing we're loved, come all the other things that we celebrate at Advent, your peace, your joy, your hope. Yes. The greatest of these is love. Father, fill us with your love again. And Lord, open our eyes this Christmas to people around us who need that love. Holy Spirit, 
lead us to what's on the Father's heart for those people around us, God. Let us feel your stirring to be love to somebody, to be Jesus and to share his goodness and the promise of eternal life with those who are on your heart, God, this Christmas. We thank you for the, the honour that is to bring an invitation, Lord. So fill us again, Holy Spirit.